thought about that. It's like, man, you know, the goal, God's asked me to come here and start this church. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take. And I'll just use the people that God sends me. But if, if I would have been focused on everyone who said they were going to help or committed who didn't, I wouldn't be pastoring anymore. I mean, that's just, let me, it's just life. It's just life. People are going to let you down. People say things. People do dumb things. I mean, they just do. And sometimes we are the recipient of that. So there's, there's two main types of offenses. If you've been offended or if you're hurt, some are done uh, with intent and malice. Some of them are done with intent and malice. They're done on purpose. Someone intentionally undercuts you. Someone intentionally sabotages you. Somebody intentionally, uh, you know, lets you down. And then the other one are things done unintentionally. I can't tell you how many times in life someone has come up to me and said that I did something to hurt them, their feelings or whatever. I had no clue that I had done that. But here's the truth. It really doesn't matter which type of offense you have. If someone intentionally did something or someone accidentally did something and didn't know about it, there was no intent, there was no malice, either, either of them still can lead to unforgiveness. And unforgiveness always turns into bitterness. I, I want you to understand that, that if you let, allow unforgiveness in your heart long enough, you become bitter. And here, here's the bad point. The bad part is this, is when you become bitter, you can't control how you act towards people. It, if you're bitter at someone over here, it will affect your relationship with your kids. It will affect your relationship at work. It just, it just when you're, have you ever, do any of you know a bitter person? Please don't point them out if they're next to you. Don't, don't, oh yeah, right here. Right, but bitter people, they just, what comes out of them is criticalness. What comes out of them is pessimism. What comes out of them is, is just bad things because they're not bad people. But their heart has become full of bitterness, and we live out of our heart. Whatever's in your heart comes out, good or, or bad. So let's go back to Luke 17 just for a minute. It's very interesting that the, the, the word there, it's impossible, but that offenses should come. The word there in offense is the word scandalon. And in the Greek, that, that refers to a trap. I know many of you have seen traps, maybe an animal trap or a, a mouse trap or whatever. But the thing about a trap, the reason a trap works is because it has bait. If you put an animal trap out in the woods without bait on it, your chances of catching one are not, not very good. And scandalon, the offense, is the bait in the trap. And the thought is like this. When we become offended, when we allow unforgiveness and bitterness and hard feelings to fester or to grow in our heart, We've taken, we've taken the bait, and we're stuck in the devil's trap. So just think about this. Now, we don't think, we don't think like that today, but if right now you have un bitterness, you have unforgiveness, you have hurt feelings towards somebody, you have resentment, anger towards somebody from something they did, what happens is you have a hold of the devil's trap, and you can't get free. The only way you can get free is to release it. Just, just to release the offense, the hurt, the anger. And um, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit this morning. And hopefully by the time we end, I'm going to give you some really practical things that, that can help you out and, 
and, and help you in the journey of, of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a journey. It's a journey, okay? So think about that. How do you let go of something that hurts so bad? And uh, I, I, listen, I am not making light at all for the things that may, you may have unforgiveness about. You know, as a pastor, I meet with people all the time, and I tell you, I am heartbroken, I'm disgusted, I'm partially angry by the things people come in, by what people have done to them. It, it's a terrible thing to talk with a young lady who's been sexually abused and molested. I mean, I just, you know, in my flesh, I just want to go work somebody over. I mean, there's just no excuse for that. So terrible things have happened. But how do you let go of something that's so painful? You know, how do you let go of a family member who inflicted pain on your life? Maybe a, a father who was a drunk or a, or a mother who was abusive uh, or an aunt or an uncle or whatever. How do you, how do you let go of that? How do, how do you let go when a spiritual leader lets you down? I mean, you're, you're, you're going to church somewhere. I mean, it happens. And, and a spiritual leader, someone you looked up to, uh, you know, just, just lets you down. I was walking around my neighborhood a few months ago, and I started a conversation with these people. And, and 10 years ago, they were going to a church and helping a church, and the pastor did something immoral. So they've never been to church again. And I told them, I'm like, well, man, there are thousands and thousands. There's hundreds of churches in Houston that you could go to that have really good spiritual leaders who that's not going to happen. And they're like, well, we just can't take that chance again. And I'm like, wow, that's robbing them from being a part of a, of a Christian family, a Christian community, or a, a husband and wife walked out on you, a friend be betrayed your trust. And this morning, there may be some of you who are offended and actually have unforgiveness toward God because your life hasn't turned out the way that you had envisioned it or you blame them for something that happened in your life. And the point is, it really does not matter who did what to you? Because today we're looking for answers. Uh, we're looking for, for freedom from our heart, from our, from our deepest hurts. And this morning, the Bible has for any hurt, any offense that you have ever encountered in your life, the Bible has a one-word solution. It's called forgiveness. It's called forgiveness. And I, I know what, what some of you may be saying, you know, Terry, I, I, don't, I don't want to forgive them. I understand that. Terry, they don't deserve to be forgiven. We need to be, we need to be very careful with that because none of us deserve to be forgiven by God. None of us deserved for God to send his son in the world for our sin. None of us deserve that. So we have to be careful. I understand if you don't want to, but we have to be careful when we put ourselves in God's place and say they don't deserve it. Let's look, go to the Bible, Colossians 3, verse 12 through 13. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. So put on some really good things. Put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. What, what does that mean, bear with one another? It, it says bear with one another because you have to bear with people to be friends with people. Right? I mean, you have to bear with people to stay married. 
You have to bear with people if you have teenage kids, right? You have to bear with people if I'm your pastor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible illustration, okay? But, but think about this. Bear with each other. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's, that's a strong verse. Proverbs 19, 11, it says this, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. So what's that saying? It says, man, it's God says, man, he's proud of us. He's happy with us when we're spiritually mature enough just to let the small things go. You know, there's a series of books written called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And most of life is small stuff. I mean, it's hard enough forgiving people for the big things that are done to us. We cannot afford to be offended and hurt and, and, and get, allow resentment to come in for things that don't even matter. I mean, think about it. Sometimes I hear some of the things that people are mad about. I'm like, you've got to be kidding, right? I mean, you, you seriously, you know, they're, they're not kidding. They're, they're serious about it. So the reason that God asks us to forgive is so that we don't have to carry the burden of offense with us throughout our lives. If, if, if we allow ourselves to be offended, that offense goes into all of our future relationships. You know, I mean, if you're offended in your marriage and you get a divorce, that offense, if not forgiven, is going to go into your next marriage. If you get mad at one church because something happened, you go to another church, that's going to go with you to another church. It goes with you into other relationships. It just, it just, it never goes away. Um, actually, I, I hate to tell stories that I've told before because we've had so many people that have been with us a long time, but I know there's new people too. But a big, the biggest part of my testimony is forgiving other people. I was raised in church. My dad was a pastor. As a matter of fact, pastor of a large church for a number of years. And although the majority of people that went to church were nice and all this, sometimes as a pastor's child, all I saw was the junk. And, you know, one day, one day I had somebody who my dad, had, he had done all this stuff to help him. And, and one day I overheard him talking bad about my dad. And then he talked bad about my dad's kids. Well, I'm one of the three, right? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. And I wasn't in the enlightened state that I am today. <laughs> Man, I got... I got mad, you know, and uh, back then I was lifting all these weights and power lifting and all this stuff. I was like, man, I'm going to go wrap the bar around that guy's neck, you know. I mean, like, I, I wanted to inflict pain on this guy. And, I'm like, and as a 17, 18-year-old kid, I'm like, what a sorry human being. Seriously. Somebody helps you, and then you talk bad about them? And ki his kids that you don't even know? And so anyway, several things like that. So, um, Man, I, you know, it's not that I couldn't forgive him. It's that I chose not to. And, you know, so it really affected my spiritual life for about the next probably 10 years. And, and one day, again, this just released my life and just gave me freedom. I was actually sitting in a college class with 200 students, and, and I just had an encounter with God. And God asked me a simple question. How long are you going to let those other people live your life for you? And I was like, well, they're not living my life. I haven't seen them since. I was like, well, yeah, you're all mad and 
don't want to go to church and don't want to spend time with me because you're mad about something that happened at church. And, you know, it just dawned on me. I'm like, man, this is a, the Lord's right. I mean, have you ever done, wow, the Lord's right. Man, the Holy Spirit is accurate on this, you know. And, and the moment I chose to forgive, it's just like, it just ushered in a new life. It doesn't matter that he was wrong. It doesn't matter what was said. What, all that mattered was would I forgive them. And, and so today, today, I'm just, I'm telling you it's a fact. If you're mad at somebody, if you won't let something go from the past, it doesn't matter if the person was wrong and you're right. It doesn't matter how bad it is. The only way you can heal and move forward is to choose to forgive them and just, just release that. I'm going to help you with that a little bit this morning. Uh, there was an interesting story in history. James Garfield was elected president in 1880. And, of course, they didn't have the technology we have today. And after six months in office, he was shot in the back by a revolver. And uh, the doctors, you know, they stabilized him, but they couldn't find the bullet. And they sent him back to Washington. And uh, doctors repeatedly opened the wound up and opened it up and probed trying to get the bullet. They were so desperate that they hired Alexander Graham Bell you know, the inventor of the telephone, can you make some device to find the bullet? And he too failed. And do you know that about four or five months after he was shot, he died? But he didn't die from the bullet wound. They could have left the bullet there. He died because of infection, because they kept opening the wound and closing it, opening the wound and closing it, opening the wound and closing it. Listen, if you have unforgiveness in your life, every time you think about it, you're opening the wound, then you're closing it. Every time someone says something to you, every time a, a thought comes up, you're opening the wound and closing it. But here's the thing. You're closing the wound, but the bullet's still in there because you haven't allowed God to give you the ability to forgive them. And I'm telling you, it will destroy your life. It will destroy your life. It will rob your joy. It will rob your freedom. And all you have to do is forgive them, but, it, but it's difficult to make that decision. Proverbs 4.33 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from the heart. And so the thought is, how do we live successful lives as Christians? How do we follow the Lord? How do we obey him? It has to do with the condition of our heart. And if unforgiveness is in your heart, it's like a blockage. You know, uh, Many people have to go to the doctor and get stents put through, uh, you know, angioplasty, all kind of things, stents put in because they have a blockage in their artery. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, it blocks your connection with God. It blocks your ability to hear from God. It blocks the ability for you to receive the blessings that God has already given you. And, and, and you're like living on an island by yourself. And, and God doesn't want that. Forgiveness allows the Holy Spirit, the flow of God's Spirit into our lives. And really, it's an incredible thing. Um, I put up there Joseph, Genesis 37 through 50. I think one of the most incredible stories on forgiveness in the Bible is the story of Joseph. And I encourage you just to read it this week. Um, 13 chapters, probably, I don't know, take you an hour or two. But, um, you know, Joseph was born, the baby of the family. He was the 11th of 12 sons. And, uh, you know, he was, his, his, and he was just a special child. He was the, um, the favorite child of, the son, of his father. One, because 
he was born in his later years. The second is because he was the first son that his mother had born, uh, you know, for, for him. And, uh, you know, his brothers hated him. The Bible says they, they, they actually, they despised him and they hated him. And then another verse, they despised him all the more. And so, you know, little Joseph, his dad made him a special coat with all these colors. And here comes Joseph prancing around. And then Joseph gave his father a bad report of the older sons. And so, man, they just, gosh, this kid is killing us, you know. Dad's mad at us and all this. And then it got worse because Joseph started having dreams. And he had dreams that he would rule over his brothers. And, you know, I'm just telling you, if you ever get a dream for that, it's probably best if you don't tell your brothers. You know, when you go to your brothers who already hate you and say, you know, man, check this out, guys. I had this great dream. You were all bowing down to me. Is that not awesome? Do you not like it? And so they sold him into slavery. And Joseph goes off into slavery. And, uh, man, he, he, he went through years of hardship living as a slave, being thrown in prison. Until one day, one day, years and years later, uh, when, when he is, you know, when, when he is brought uh, and become the second in command of, of Egypt and there's a great famine, all this stuff, and one day, 22 years after he had the dream, he's now 39, his brothers come to Egypt for food because there's no food anywhere, and guess who's in charge of the food distribution? Joseph, right? And so... Uh, but we know that Joseph forgave but because of this. He took care of his brothers, his whole family, their kids. He moved them to Egypt. And after his dad died, he, he didn't exact vengeance upon them. He continued to feed them. And the brothers came to him when, the, when their dad died and they were worried. And he, he, Joseph said this. He said, am I in God's place? Am I in God's place? What you did was evil to me. But basically, God had to get me to Egypt. Okay? So, so th think about that. And, you know, you, you know you've forgiven somebody if it's in your power to hurt them and you choose to bless them. When you choose to bless them, you choose to be a blessing to them, to help them. So here's the big question. The big question, and, and I know some of you, some of you are hoping that I will hurry up and finish because you don't want to forgive. I know that. I see that. You're acting like you're hungry. You're not hungry. You're just wanting to get away, right? But let me give you a few ideas. I'm going to give you three ideas. And I believe if you do these things, I believe God will help you. See, to be able to forgive somebody, you have to ask God to help you have the desire. God, give me the desire to forgive. So let, let's go over it. Three things. First of all, you have to make the decision to forgive. That's the very first thing. Uh, again, anything in life, if you want to quit something or stop something or change something, you have to first make the decision and the decision that I am going to do this. I'm not going to try to do this. I am going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this with God's help. But uh, let me say this, forgiveness, forgiveness comes in layers. Uh, once you make the decision to forgive, you will immediately feel a release in your spirit. But as time goes by, and people don't understand this, that feeling will come back up again. 
Something will happen that sparks a thought from years ago, and it comes up again, so you again have to know, I have choose, chosen to forgive them. And what happens is, as you go through life, when the thought comes up, they're less emotional, there's less power to them, and by continuing every time it comes up to, no, I've chosen to forgive that, I'm not going to think about that, you will basically kill the spirit of unforgiveness by doing that. And over time, it will have no power, it will have no hold over you. Um, forgiveness, this is very important, forgiveness will not change what happened to you. But it will heal the past hurt and it will change your future. There's nothing I can do, there's nothing any of us do that can go back and change something that happened to us but forgiveness, it heals us where we are today, and it gives us a, a great future. Number two, so you, you've got to choose to forgive. That's the first thing. Just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to choose to forgive, not because they deserve it. I'm going to choose to forgive so that I can be free. For, listen, forgiveness really doesn't have anything to do with the offender. It has to do with you. The offender has gone on. In my case, they probably hadn't thought about me in years. And they didn't care anything about me. So I was living something that they had done, and they had probably hadn't thought about that in 20 years, 15 years, whatever. And so it's not about the offender. It's about you being free. When you say, no, I want to be free. I am not going to be a victim to this. I'm not going to be enslaved by unforgiveness anymore. I want freedom. I want wholeness. I want health in my body. So choose to forgive. The second thing is involve God in the process. Forgiveness is a spiritual undertaking. You cannot do it on your own. You need God to do a work in your heart to heal the hurt and give you the strength to forgive. Let me say this. Anyone can live a mediocre life. Anyone. There's millions of people doing it right now in our country. Also, anyone can hold a grudge. Anyone can hold unforgiveness. Anyone can hold resentment. It doesn't take a big person. It doesn't take a, you know, a strong person. However, it takes a spiritually mature person, a big person, a person of character to choose to forgive. It's the harder road. It's the harder road. And we know this, the harder road is the one that we want to take because it leads to life and it leads to freedom. The third thing is this. So we have to choose to forgive. We have to involve God in the process. And the third thing is this, is that you have to clear your conscience. And, uh, you know, it's funny, as, as I've grown, as the Lord has helped me, if I'd have done this lesson 10 or 15 years ago, I wouldn't have had this point on here. And here, here's the thing that I've learned. A big part of forgiving someone is airing all the grievances against them uh, because, see, that unforgiveness and all the things that have been done, they're downing your spirit, and you've got to get them out. You've got to let them out. They have to find a way of escape, and what we do with unforgiveness is we just bottle them down. But the only problem is we can't even keep them down. And they, they come back up and, and rear their heads. So, so you really, you have to clear your conscience. And so I encourage you to do one of these three things. Now, think about it before you choose one. Listen to all three. 
okay? The first one is this, is that you can have a personal conversation with the person who hurts you. Now, that's not possible in many situations because people are on the other side of the world or people have died, but you have a personal conversation. In a personal conversation, you sit down with them and you just tell them what hurts you. And you list all the things. It gets it out of here and it gets it up to here. And at the end of the conversation, you always, I want you to know I have forgiven you for that. Don't Don't do this if you don't want to forgive somebody because it's not going to do any good. I forgive you. Now, that's not always the best option. The second option is this. Write a letter to the person who hurts you. And you write a letter and you just list it out. You list it out, and this is what's been done. This is, you know, these are the instances, the cases. At the end of the letter, again, I want you to know that I forgive you. The Lord has helped me forgive you for this, and I release you from any and everything you've done to me. The third option, which I think many times is the best option, is you write the same letter. You write the same letter. Listing all the grievances. You're getting it out. Listing all the grievances. And at the end, I have chosen to forgive you and totally release all the hurt, anger, bitterness, resentment I have for you. And after you do that, burn that letter. Burn that letter. I'm giving this to God. This is what was done to me. And this is how it made me feel. And this is the pain that it caused me, but I have chosen to forgive. I have chosen to release all hurt. And when you burn that letter, it's gone. I I think personally that is one of the better options because of if you talk to somebody, there's, there's some possibility of animosity and anger and all kind of stuff. If you send somebody a letter... Sometimes they get blindsided, but you can choose. You need to do one of those, one of those, one of those things. But if you never address in your life why you're angry, why you're bitter, why you have unforgiveness, if you're not honest with yourself, you won't be able to forgive them. Does that 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 make sense? I. This was a long time ago. This was probably 18, 18 years ago, 17 years ago. When we were first starting the church. And uh, I got a call one day. And it's somebody that I know, but they don't even come to church or anything. And they said, hey, Terry, my sister married this Arabian prince. And they had a child, and the child died at birth. And they don't have a pastor uh, actually, they did have a pastor, but the guy said, their pastor's like really old, and I don't think he can connect with them. Would you do the funeral? And I was like, man, I do not want to do this, you know. Um, and, uh, but I did. I chose to do that. And, and, um, and the, re- the reason I didn't want to do it is because, man, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a softy, man. Like, I, I don't watch sad movies with Trinity and Tracy because I cry more than them, you know. <laughs> I'm like, man. How am I going to do this baby's funeral? This is terrible. This is terrible. And, um, and so I, I told him yes. And so I met with the family. And, man, we're doing the funeral. Oh, my gosh. There's this little bitty casket here. And, 
And, and, you know, they had other stuff going on, and I was sitting over there up on stage. And now, this is terrible. I'm letting you in on my thoughts now. This is the only thing is, is all I could think, like, I didn't want to cry, and they were playing all these sad songs. So, believe it or not, I had, I was replaying the, uh, the Bulls were, the Bulls of Michael Jordan were in, the, were in the finals, and I just kept replaying Michael Jordan. No, that was a slam dunk. Uh, that, that may be sick, but I didn't cry, okay? So, anyway, so we're doing all this. But what happened was half the room were all Saudi Arabian princes and all this kind of stuff who did know the gospel. And I got to share the gospel with these people. To all these people that I would never have been to, went to the graveside. I mean, it was, it, I'm not going to lie, it was terrible. I was working with the parents and I, I said, look, you know, the devil wants you all to become bitter and have unforgiveness. But I, I'm telling you, God has a plan. He's going to come through for you. And so anyway, that happened, and I went home, and Trey said, how did it go? I was like, oh, it was terrible, you know. It was terrible. Worst day of my life, you know. Did you know 18 months later, 18 months later, I was in a grocery store. And these people were waving me down, Pastor Terry, Pastor Terry, you know. And uh, I couldn't get away, man. I didn't know who they were. And they approached me. They approached me, and it was this couple. Except you know what happened? They had a six-month-old baby. And you know what they said? They said, thank you for teaching us just to forgive and let go. Because God has opened a whole new door in our life. And listen, if you don't forgive, again, I'm begging for all of our congregation, I want us to be free. And it doesn't matter what has happened to you. We can't change it, but God can heal you from it. And forgiveness is the avenue to do that. Would you stand with me today as the band comes quickly? Would you just take just a moment, just take just a moment as, as they're coming quickly and just really evaluate your life and, and just, just see, man, you know, if you have unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, you don't even need to think about it. Because the whole time I've been speaking, it's the one thought that's just coming up. And we're going to have a prayer time this morning. And we're going to hopefully release some unforgiveness here today. But just take a moment. Just allow the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, to, to speak into your life this morning.
this morning. And there's probably some of you that just have really, really deep pain. And you, and you just, man, Terry, I just, today I'm going to choose just to forgive these people who have hurt me, who have done me wrong. If that's you this morning, really just as a, as a sign to God, I'm going to ask you just to step out of the aisles and, and come up here this morning. And we're going we're gonna to pray together. There's power in togetherness. There's power with, with Christians standing together. Father God, this morning, I choose to forgive. I forgive to release these people from, this, from the damaging things they did to me. All the words, all the actions, all the heart hurts. God, I need your help to forgive them, to totally release this. But today I start the process. And today I choose to forgive and just name that person quietly to yourself. Lord, today we choose to forgive mothers and fathers and spouses and friends. God, we choose just to forgive people today, Lord God. We choose to forgive. We choose to release that today in Jesus' name. And, and God, I pray right now that you're reaching down and you're taking the hurt you're taking the disappointment, you're taking the bitterness, you're taking the resentment, you're taking all of that out, Lord God, and you're giving us freedom. God, you're taking all the pain and all the bondage from the past and you're replacing it with peace, with love, with joy. God, you're replacing it, Lord, with freedom and a freshness in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So just remember, church, it's just we got to walk this thing out daily. And, and so when that comes back, just speak to it. Don't dwell on the thoughts. Just speak to it and continue to uh, just, just to defeat that spirit of unforgiveness. Let me pray and dismiss us this morning. Guys, if y'all could help us stack all the chairs in stacks of eight, that would be awesome. Lord God, we just come before you today, and we're so thankful for your blessings in our lives, God. We're so thankful, and God, I just, Lord, we call on the blessings, the inheritance, the spiritual inheritance of Jesus in our lives, God. And Lord, we just pray that you're blessing our finances, you're blessing our marriage, you're blessing our health and our relationships, and God, that you're keeping us safe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, church.